Greetings to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. After that fantastic choreography, I am finding it difficult to stand in one place. <laughs> Praise God for this wonderful team. Keep it up. Continue to pray for Ebi and the team as they minister. I want to especially thank Pastor Ashish Raichur and Pastor Jay Kumar for this invitation. As he said, we are expecting our first grandchild and we request your prayers. This morning I would like to share with you on the storms in life. There are only three kinds of people this morning in the church. One, those who are facing the storms in life. Second, those who have just come out of the storm. And third, those who are yet to face the storm. Storms in life are caused because of three things. One, because of our disobedience to God, like Jonah. Jonah go to Nineveh, he went to Tarshish. Not because he had a special love for Tarshish. He went because he wanted to run away from God and the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah and Jonah fleed from the presence of God. Now Jonah, when he ran away from the Lord, everything was ready. The ship was ready, the boat was ready, the ticket was ready, and also he had a comfortable place to sleep. Now, if things are falling in line, what do you say? God's will. But let me also tell you, if you want to run away from God, Satan will provide the transportation. Just because things are all right in my life does not mean God approves what I'm doing. It is God's grace. So sometimes people go through storms in life because of their disobedience. Second reason some people go through storms in life because of their obedience to Christ. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, the Lord told the disciples, go to the other side. They got into the boat and they faced the storm. If I was there, I said, Lord, is it fair? You told me to go and now you are watching. You are sleeping. You're fast asleep. But then there is a third reason. We face storms in life because others have caused it. And that's what I want to look at. Because of someone's rash driving, I am paralyzed for life. Because of the wrong decision of the father, family is going through crisis. Because of the wrong management, the office is closed. How do we handle this? Turn with me to Acts chapter 27, and we are going to study that chapter. Dr. Luke spends the entire chapter on shipwreck. Just imagine, one whole chapter, he's only explaining about the shipwreck. Not because he had to complete the entire chapter. But I think what Dr. Luke wants us to remember, that in our life, we will go through the shipwreck. We will go through storms. We will go through this uncertainty in life. And he wants us to understand some valuable truths. And I want us to look into God's word as we study Acts chapter 27, we don't have time to read the entire chapter, but keep your Bibles open. The first thing, storms of life cannot destroy the people of God. The storms of life cannot destroy the people of God. The boat had the prisoners in it, and they were on their way to Rome. And in this boat were Paul, Luke, and Aristarchus. And I believe, that the people in the boat, the prisoners in the boat were saved because of these three people. 
You know, sometimes we look down on a man of God, the servants of God and the people of God. But may I say this? It is because of the people of God and the men of God, God has still got mercy on India. And it is because of that faithful men of God, God is sparing that particular family. Even though there are things that is against, even though there are so many things that is happening in the family, there is an old mother, a grandmother, a father who is saying, Lord, preserve my children. And I believe the Lord listens to that prayer. Luke, Aristarchus, and Paul, three of them were there in this boat. And they were going through that storm. It is not Paul's mistake they're facing the storm. Paul gave them a warning. But before Paul gave them a warning, you find there was a warning that was written all over. Look into your Bibles. Verse 4. And putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. Verse 7. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty of Nidus. And as the wind did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete of Salmon. Verse 8. Coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Heavens, near which was a city of Lassia. You find there was already warning given. The winds were against them. There was difficulty. They were not able to go fast. They were going slowly. And they ignored the signs that were around them. You know, sometimes, my friends, you and I defy what is happening around us and we go head on. And then we blame God. Sometimes we don't even blame God. We blame Satan. And I always tell people, don't take Satan's name in vain. We need to recognize there are things that are happening. There have been signs of wind is fast against us. We are not able to move. There is a difficulty. In a situation like this, Paul stood up. And look at what Paul is saying in verse 8, verse 10. Saying, sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. They should not have taken the journey. But the Bible says the reason they took this journey is because of the following reasons. One, in verse 9, they were impatient. Since much time had passed, we cannot stay here for too long. We have to move. You know, people have made wrong decisions in life because of impatience. I cannot stay here for too long. I cannot be here in this place for too long. But the question is, is it because the Lord wants us to move or is it because I am impatient in that place? And that's what these people did. They were impatient. They said, too many days here. We need to move. Look at the second reason, verse 11. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. The second problem with them is not only because they were impatient, they look for expert advice. Paul told them, don't take this journey. You know, those of you who have been flying too often, you will know whether the flight will take off or not more than the pilot. <laughs> he said, no, it's a rough weather. I don't think we can fly. Here Paul is sailing and Paul is telling them, don't take this journey. It will cause injury. It is not good. 
but then they look for expert advice and my dear brothers and sisters may i say this the problem today in our churches is people do not want to wait on the lord but they want to stay in the presence of many counselors we have been in counseling for a number of years and there are many who come to us but if i sit there and say i am the first one they are coming to i am mistaken they would have gone to 10 people i am the 11th one they are coming to just to listen if i am saying what they would like to listen and we have been running from places to places how often we have looked for expert advice how often we found it difficult to bend our knee and cry out to the lord but found it easier to write a letter and say brother pray for me and find out what is god's will they were impatient they look for expert advice and the third thing you find here is in verse 12 and because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in the majority decided to put out the put out the sea from there the third reason you find here because it was uncomfortable for them they moved from there because the place was uncomfortable dearly beloved please understand i don't believe Closed doors are an indication for us to take it as God's will for us to move to the other place. Because the Bible says two people walked on the road to Emmaus. They were walking on the path of discouragement. But when they had an encounter with the risen Lord, they did not continue the journey. They went back to the place of defeat. They went back to the place of failure and said, we have found the risen Lord. Sometimes... God makes that situation uncomfortable so that you and I will come to a point and lean on the Lord. You and I will come and seek his face and grace. They said we are uncomfortable, uncomfortable. No one gets married because they are feeling uncomfortable staying with their parents. No, that's not the reason. You don't change because you're feeling uncomfortable. You don't make decisions because you're feeling uncomfortable. But we make decisions saying, Lord, what is in your heart, O Lord, for me? Maybe you are in that situation. You have come to the crossroads and you're looking at these things and you're saying, Lord, I want to move on. They were impatient. They look for expert advice. They are feeling uncomfortable. But the fourth problem you find is in verse 12. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter, winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there. The fourth problem is they listen to the majority. Paul said, let's not go. But they took the majority. 272 people said, we will go. Three of them said, we won't. Paul, Aristarchus and Luke. But majority is majority. I do not know in a family decision whether you take majority's opinion. But in the Bible, wherever the majority came in, they were wrong. Majority said, give us a king. They were wrong. They asked for Saul. Majority said, give us Barabbas. They were wrong. Majority said, we will not go to the land. They were wrong. And we should not just lean on the majority. We should listen to the Lord's voice. How often we have taken decision based on these things. In verse 13, you find after they took the decision... Centurion moved on. Verse 13. Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, when the wind blew gently, I am sure that 270 people would have looked at Paul and said, Paul, we are the winners. 
you are a loser look at the gentle breeze that is blowing but may i say this friends that gentle breeze was only temporary look at verse 14 but soon a tempest wind called the northeaster struck down from the land and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind we gave way to it and driven along the cargo was lost the furniture was destroyed but i want us to remember this the storms in life cannot destroy the people of god the second thing the storms in life cannot deny the presence of god when they were going in that ship when they had problem at those days they did not have the compass to guide them all that they had was the sun and they need to look at the stars at the sun and the moon but here there was so much of confusion and the people's response was we have given up we will all just go along with the tide we cannot do anything more we have lost it and that's what you read in verse 15 they were driven along and then some people said in verse 19 let's come together and throw off the cargo it'll be easy for us to move and then in verse 29 they were wishing that the end will come very soon nothing happened and verse 30 the sailors tried to escape they put down the boat and then paul stood up and said hey sailors don't escape if you escape nothing is going to happen immediately they cut the rope they did not escape and paul stands there now listen very carefully the only way to guide the ship is the stars the sun and the moon nothing could be seen 14 days total darkness Paul stands there and said be calm nothing is going to happen why the angel of the lord stood and told me nothing is going to happen dearly beloved when others cannot experience the presence of god when others cannot see the presence of god only a child of god can see the presence of god in the midst of storm that's what the bible says look at what paul said Let me read from verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, "Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart." for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the ship look at verse 23 for this very night there stood before me an angel of god to whom i belong and whom i worship praise the lord paul is standing there with this absolute confidence when there is confusion to stand there in the midst of confusion you and i need to have that courage even if the majority is against you you and i need to have the conviction say i have seen the lord the lord has told me nothing is going to happen we will go nothing 14 days there was darkness and paul said it with absolute confidence the storms in life cannot destroy the people of god storms in life cannot deny the presence of god how often you have gone through it How often you have experienced it when everything was blurred you saw the lord being there 
I share this in the first service. It was in Manipal Hospital. Manipal Hospital was my second home while I was working in Indranagar Methodist Church. That Sunday the call came to me saying, Pastor, there is a lady in the church nine months in a year. She is sick and she comes to Manipal. So I went to Manipal Hospital. I wore my clerical collar. I went there. The nurses took me into the room. Even before I could say anything, they introduced me to her saying, this is Pastor Benjamin. I wanted to pray for her. She said immediately, can I pray for you? I did not know what to do. This is the first time a patient is praying for the pastor. So I said, please pray. She prayed. And then I said, can I pray for you now? She said, not for me, pastor. Room 105, sick, the fever. Room 107, cancer. Eight, heart problem. She went on. And then she pointed outside the window and said, Cheshire home, please pray for these people. I became very inquisitive. I asked her, man, tell me who you are. And this is what she said. I was born in a Sindhi family, pastor. I accepted the Lord when I was in college. I married a Punjabi. He never allows me to read the Bible because he's not a Christian. He never allows me to read the Bible, to pray, and to tell people about Christ. I cried to the Lord and said, Lord, open a way for me to tell people about Jesus Christ. And the only way the Lord opened is to bring sickness in my life for nine months. I come to Manipal Hospital and I'm here for nine months, Pastor. And I go around in the wheelchair telling everybody about Jesus Christ. I have no regrets. If I was there, I would have said, why me, O Lord? But the woman is saying, nine months in 12 years, hallelujah, Lord, praise you. My dear brothers and sisters, only those who have that intimate relationship with God, only those who can walk with Him, will see the hand of God in the midst of storm and say, Hallelujah! The storms in life cannot destroy the people of God. The storms in life cannot deny the presence of God. Thirdly, the storms in life cannot disturb the purpose of God. The Bible says in verse 26 following, But we must run aground on some island. When the 14th night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected they were nearing land. Let me read verse 13. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Go home and read the balance chapter, the, the remaining verses. All that Paul is saying is, nothing is going to happen we will reach the destination. We will face rough weather. There will be tremendous wind. There will be storms in our lives. But no one can change the purpose of God. Just imagine, if Paul would have died, Luke could have died, you know what would have happened? We would not have had Ephesians, Philippians, Luke, and Acts. God preserve them. Benjamin, this is the purpose. You will go through storms in life. You will go through struggles. But ultimately, my purpose will be fulfilled. 
and you and i can stand there with confidence and say thank you lord that your hand is upon me thank you lord that you have a purpose throughout in the bible i read when they were going through the struggle they experienced the presence of the lord look at shadrach meshach and abednego you find it difficult to say these three names some people say yoshak meshach and abanglo shadrach meshach abednego they were there in the lions den they have experienced oh yo there is terror here but they experience the hand of the lord throwing in the furnace nothing is going to happen because the lord is there with me i will face the storm in the sunday school they taught us a new song with christ in the vessel huh? i tell people christians are the only ones who can sing good friday song christmas song easter song new year song with the same face <laughs> nothing will alter with christ in the vessel we can smile at the storm why because no storm is greater than the power of god it is true when they shut themselves up out of fear the risen lord came in through the prison doors and said hey listen i am the risen lord even the stone at the tomb could not hold him because he's a risen lord the two discouraged people on the emmaus road met the risen lord and this morning may i say my dear brothers and sisters if you have committed your life to the lord no matter what happens nothing is ever going to shake the purpose of god in your life it will happen this is not prosperity gospel this is jesus gospel the storms in life cannot destroy the people of god the storms in life cannot deny the presence of god the storms in life cannot disturb the purpose of god it will happen let me close with this illustration i am a lover of dogs i love dogs right now i have a breed called dachshund we call her susie at home it took some time for us to name the dog because every time we kept the name there was one church member with that name so we settled down to something that is comfortable to us Susie is a lovely dog. When I give mutton to her, I say, Susie, keep it near her mouth. I said, no, she will not take it. Keep it on her leg. I said, Susie, no, she will not take it. She will look down and then she will look at my face. Throughout, she will only sit and look at my face, not at the mutton. For the simple reason, the more she looks at the mutton, there's so much of temptation. So all that the Susie is saying is, it is better for me to look at the master's face. May I finish with this my friends when you go through storms in life don't fix your eyes on the storms look at the face of the master and fix your eyes on him shall we pray i do not know if you are in the midst of a storm i do not know whether you're going through that storm because of your disobedience or is it because of obedience or are you going through the storm because it is caused by others if it is caused by others don't simply sit there and complain and grumble rise up with confidence and say lord thank you for nothing is going to disturb your purpose in our life in our family lord i know that nothing can deny your presence in my life lord i want to thank you for your great god some of you are so concerned this morning you came into the church with a heaviness of heart and you are in the midst of storm even as you wipe your tears and you bend down and cry out to the lord remember 
the lord is greater powerful than any other storm in our lives lord this morning we just want to say get into my boat oh lord that's all i have to say get into my boat that is sufficient for us sufficient for me i know that you will calm the storm or you will take me through the storm in jesus name i pray amen